We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Jack Ramsey's Danny Morang, Brandon Sprague for you here on a Sunday night mailbag edition as the Blazers have finished up their home and our road and road series. Series, there we go. Series games with the Phoenix Suns and the actual uh, season series with the Phoenix Suns winning 2 1. Uh, nothing like playing an opponent three times in your first nine games. <laughs> it's kind of nice to get it out of the way now. So when they face each other in the playoffs, they're two different teams at that point. <laughs> It, didn't it, didn't that feel weird to say they finished their road in road, but like they're still on the road. They're still so on the road. There's a lot of road. Yeah. Roads less traveled here. Uh, again, welcome everybody in. Uh, like, rate, review, subscribe. Help us grow the show. Uh, we just had our best month we've ever had last month, and we continue to trend that way. Uh, it's been a lot of fun doing the uh, Jack Ramsey's After Dark, um, the watch parties. It's a ton of you have already showed up. Um, again, thank you all so very much. Please help us uh, continue to grow by supporting the channel by subscribing. It's free. It's easy. Uh, leave a review for us on Apple. Uh, download us. Share us with friends, family. All that out of the way. Uh, a lot of you sent in a lot of questions, and a lot of you sent in questions about Eddie Johnson. <laughs> well, what, what did you publicly call out his broadcast? Piss him off and get him to randomly tweet you? Uh, damn water boy. I mean, couch potato, I think was the other one too. Is that what he called you a yeah. couch potato? Both, both. God. Couch potato and water boy. So, you I know, love that. It's fun. Uh, it's all in good fun. Um, I shouldn't have tweeted it out in the first place, even if it's wholeheartedly what I believe. It wasn't the most professional thing. Look, I, I think there's a. Um... I think there's a level of line for people that do media mm. and yeah, I'll, I'll throw myself in there. I am a nobody, but like, I feel like you can poke and prod. We, I, I sometimes on my radio show, I'll take subtle jabs at people, but I won't actually name them. And I won't yeah. like, Oh, they're the worst person of all time. Like we're all trying, but I found it pretty comical that you deleted out of respect. He still found it. <laughs> and then he he acted you, yeah, basically trying to create more. At which that point, I you know I've only known you a few years, but I would say I saw the response and went, "Oh, he's going right down Fuck You Avenue." And <laughs> there's there's not a fork in the road for you. For uh, me, it might be like, "All right, Eddie, whatever, let's move on." You are just like, 
no, I'm going to end you. <laughs> and there you go. You know, he, it, it really is at this point. It's just, it's playful banter. Um, yeah. But I do stand by it. Uh, what's What's been really funny is watching the people that are very mad about the tier list that I made uh, the broadcasting. You know what? And I put the Hornets in the happy hour tier. I should have been more descriptive with the happy hour tier. Because even though they're like a middle tier, like they're just fun. I get everybody, everybody's like, oh, they're elite. They're elite. They are. They're very good. They're very, yeah. very good. But they're also like, that's, that's like when I think of the Hornets, I'm like, I'm not tuning in for Hornets basketball. I'm tuning in for a good time. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not excited for the product. Oh, it's but it's but as a, as a league pass guy, there are games that sometimes I'll go. I haven't heard them in a minute. This team sucks, but I want to listen anyway. And yeah. Collins and Curry are that for me. That yes. Just, look, I think it's more about just explaining what the tiers kind of mean versus yeah. like you you big game boomered it. You, nobody who knows that is that's a college football guy. He, he's basically famous because he creates lists out of bullshit mm-hmm. and people get really mad about, about it. Like, whatever. My, yeah. My team's out of the top tier. It's like, yeah. well, what's his criteria for it? He doesn't really list it. That's kind of no. what you did, but that, that was half the, that was half the fun. And most of it was fun to debate. Most of it was to stick the suns on the hate watch tier. <laughs> But you should have did just the, what's that? You've done it before the Twitter where you like build the Donkey Kong tower, and you should have been on the very bottom. Should have been Phoenix, like just hanging off, like hey. hanging off the edge. <laughs> um, but no, the the hate watch tier was a hundred percent the that's the the all homer broadcasts. So that's Phoenix, that's Houston, that's San Antonio, that's Denver, it's Golden State. There's well, the, unless the biggest homer broadcast in the NBA. Yes. Thank you, and let's and, let's and, they, and they serve a, they they serve a, a a purpose. Like they're leaning into that. Like they don't care about what other audiences think. They are serving their audience and nothing else. I personally don't like it, and I don't agree with it. But I know some people are like, well, it was fun. Those guys are fun. I were like, I don't dislike any of those people as individuals. Like even Eddie. Like whatever, I don't care. Oh, but it was fun. Um, I think I think we're done going back and forth at this point. But it oh was no, fun you're, you're you're definitely going to get a shout out on his XM radio show tomorrow. Oh yeah, it's true. It's funny because he, he said he, he was uh, he's, he's yeah. going to come on my show, and I was like, well, I'll, I'll come on your. Which show. Which was odd because he said, "I'll come on your show." What did he say? I and come own on you. your show and own you, and and I kind of wanted to say, like, "What's that? How's that? How is that?" It was, like, what does that mean? Own you? Like, he's just gonna? I'm gonna spit so many basketball facts in your fucking face <laughs> that you're not going to know how to respond like i'm kind of just curious i want to see it now listen if there's one place i'm going to crush him it's there uh not according to him you're yeah. a couch potato he played okay hey listen and that and i'm on the radio you're an am guy though all right <laughs> you get yourself some satellite it's true uh we've, we've gone back and forth with this for long enough but uh let's get into the questions uh this is from keegan spend love at keegan spend love i feel like Nasir has looked pretty good in his limited minutes does he deserve to play more is there just not enough minutes with everyone on the team similarly with keon once ant and dame are back will he go back to around 10 minutes per game what say you brendan sprig uh, you know, I think Keon is earning some minutes here. I, I still think it's really tough. I think once you get Ant and Dame back into the fold, and hopefully we get one or two of them back here soon, um, I, I just think it's really difficult for Chauncey, right? He has to balance trying to use size and fill in some holes where they, they're lacking depth with guys who are really good at what they're doing. And I, I do think Keon's earned some more minutes here. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Chauncey... I don't think he's going to play Shaden less, but I think the balancing of Shaden with Keon until they get GP back 
it's just difficult, man. It, it's crazy that we're here. We're already talking about this. I, I what's the record now? What are they? Are they six, six, and and, six and three? So we're nine games into the year, Danny, and we're already like. We don't have enough minutes for everybody. Everybody <laughs> needs to play. It was like, I don't even know if Keon was ready to play. And give him a lot of credit yeah. the last couple of games. He's really showed out. Uh, looking at Nasir here real quick. So I just want to kind of get to go through some of the, the numbers behind it. Clayton the Glass has Nasir's uh, shooting frequency. He's at a career low rim field goal attempt percentage. Yeah. 29% of his shots are coming at the rim. It's still early in the season. But his effective field goal percentage is 67 <laughs> Well, he's hitting his mid-ranges right he's now. He's hitting he's his mid-ranges. Fire. So he's taking a career-high um, 24% shots in the mid-range. He's getting to those elbows in tremendous fashion. He's right on par for where he's been for his career on three. On three. So he's 47%. But basically, half his shots are threes. Yeah. What's interesting is you go to his shooting accuracy. Right now, he's a career-high 75% finishing at the rim, which is fantastic. Uh, he's 44%. Overall in the mid-range, 80% in long mid-range. That puts him in the 98th percentile. Wow. Uh, he's shooting, what, 50%, I think, currently from three? Yeah, which puts him in the 95th percentile. Basically, Nas is shooting the shit out of the ball right now. Yep. And while he's getting limited minutes, he's got 126 total minutes on the, on the season, he's been hyper-effective in those minutes. He's done very, very well in scramble situations offensively when six seconds are on the clock, somebody throws him a grenade, he's able to take a two-dribble attack, pull-up mid-ranger, and save a possession. Yeah. Like, those things have been tremendous. And he, the, what was one of the big questions we thought coming into this year was, what, what is the Blazers bench going to do? What is the Blazers bench going to do? And apparently I had closed the one tab that had my bench numbers on it, so let me try and pull that back up. Um... But the starters, while they are carrying a large portion of um, the expectation for the team offensively, mm-hmm. like, don't get don't get me wrong, like that's a huge huge thing. Uh, but the Blazers bench has been relatively good. Um, it's something they've been able to to count on, yeah, more than I ever expected to see pop up. It was, I mean, God dang it. This is being very ridiculous. Give me my advanced filters. Thank you. Bench. There we go. So if you look at right now in the NBA, the Portland Trailblazers are 27th in bench scoring. Mm. But I'm not necessarily caring about raw scoring. If you look at where they are effectively, they're shooting 46% from the field, 38% from three. And that's what's been good for them is that They've been very solid in that. What are they? They're ninth in the league in three-point percentage. Yeah. And they're getting a, not many threes up. So even though they're not getting them up, they are hitting them. The other part of this is that they've been very good at getting to the rim and finishing at the rim. So there's been this kind of inverse thing because they're not – they haven't been able to rely on their shot-making, shot-creation abilities with Damon Ant out. Like you're no. seeing when guys being elevated, and you're seeing a lot a a lot of, um, a lot of guys being put in positions they're not ready for or not really built for. And I say all this is a roundabout way as Nas is doing a very good job of papering over those shortcomings. As far as where things sit right now, if anybody on this team, it's like smack dab in the rotation, is going to get more minutes and is earning more minutes right now, it's Nasir Little. 
Well, and I think it's Nazir Little because you look at some of the numbers. What do the numbers tell us? I mean, when this dude gets shots up, he's effective. I mean, mm-hmm. he's 66 with six attempts in Denver with 11 points, right? He gets the 5-6 mark against Phoenix in L.A. And, and granted, it wasn't double digits, but he, he hit his shots. It was uh, 50 and, and 80%. I mean, you go to the Phoenix game, the first mm-hmm. one they won, he's 57% from the field. I just, look, it's not a high volume of shots, but to me, it's at least being effective with it. And so I'm 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 with everybody else. Like I, I want to see Nazir Little. I want to see the minutes increase, and I, I kind of want to see him keep being aggressive. I feel like the games when he's, you know, a little hesitant, you're kind of seeing some of the ups and the downs part of that. But like when he's aggressive and confident, and you've seen it in a handful of games now, he just takes the ball. He doesn't hesitate. He takes yep. the power dribble in. He pulls up, and you can just see the comfort in it. And so I, I just I want to see him do that more. Right now. But he's averaging six points per game. But if you're going to look at the minutes, it's three games in. He's getting at least 16 minutes. I, I wouldn't be mad if we're giving him a couple more minutes. And I, I kind of want to see him be, keep being aggressive because you mentioned not having the shot creators out there. Ant and Dame are gone right now. Mm-hmm. And we don't know when they're coming back. You, you need guys like Nas who are doing it confidently. You just need them to take more advantage of the opportunities. And I think he will. And I'd like to see him get a couple more minutes. Keon, it's tough. You know, Keon could be a product of just... Yes. He's going to get well, squeezed out. He is going to get squeezed out. There's it's just... I'm looking right now, and, like, when guys get back and they get healthy, I, I don't see whose minutes you take. I don't want Shaden's minutes to go down. No. So, Nas increased those minutes a little bit. He's a big body, too, so that helps you in spots. Mm-hmm. And I, I like the confidence he's at least displayed in a handful of his games. want to keep seeing that a little more consistently. As it pertains to Keon, I think Keon has done incredibly well. I've seen some people say that Keon's been bad. You guys are looking at box scores. Stop looking at box scores for how a player is playing. Keon has been tremendous considering the position he's been put in. You're talking about a guy that nobody expected to play in June who is now running an offensive unit. He's he's doing things that we did not expect him to do. He is growing rapidly in front of everybody. Defensively, Shaden Sharp is good for one holy shit play a night. Keon's right there behind him. That chase down block that ended up being a goaltend. Where did he come from? Mm-hmm. Like the hustle play, the, the rundown play with the lob, the lob to Shaden. Like yeah. every single night, Keon is showing you a supreme athlete level play that maybe isn't as like mind blowing as as Shaden's athleticism, like the the Jordan up and under the other night. Uh, but Keon has done a lot defensively. Chauncey trusts him. Mm-hmm. Offensively, is he knocking down his shots? No, but the thing that he's doing, he's taking the shots he's supposed to. There's been a, a couple times where he's been the guy and the ball finds him in the corner. He's got to take that shot, and he's not hesitating. Now, we're at year five, year six with Keon. Then I'm starting to criticize, hey, you got to knock that shot down. Otherwise, it's got to be somebody else. But mm-hmm. we're at year two with Keon and a 20-year-old kid who's growing into a role. He's shooting it with confidence. Remember, Anthony Simon started off his career having not knowing kind of what his role was going to be, and you see this inconsistency. You're seeing when Keon gets a little bit of consistency how effective he can be doing things. Yeah. Now, with as it pertains to Nas and Keon, to kind of put a bow on this question, I expect Nas to get more minutes when the playmakers get back because Josh Hart couldn't come off the floor because they were missing ball handlers. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. So I expect Nasir probably to get closer to 20 minutes. The flip side is GP2 is probably going to be back in 
couple weeks? Two weeks. What Haynes say? The fifteenth. The earliest he will come back. What was that? Because I it's the I first game like, back after the strip. Well, I know, but Haynes. I felt like maybe I'm I'm not I'm misremembering, but it felt like Haynes tweeted he will play against San Antonio, and then it felt like Portland was no, like we'll evaluate it. No, it was a the earliest Haynes said the earliest he will. Okay, it was the earliest. San Antonio. Okay, okay. Um, GP two is on the trip, guys. That's a hundred percent. And he's ramping up. Like that's part of the reason he's with him is to kind of get back and accustom things. And it's gonna and it's gonna be more. Like just him getting into game shape. Remember how Nas started the preseason? Yeah, just didn't look right. You're like, oh, this isn't good. It's gonna take GP two a little bit. He's not gonna just snap right into it. Game one, he's out there. Yeah, like, it's just it's gonna take a little while. So one night he plays eight minutes, another he plays ten, then maybe he plays twelve, and then maybe he takes a night off. Like it, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that as they they're very careful with him because it's more important for him to be healthy the rest of the season than it is to get him going right now because yeah. the Blazers, they've got enough guards. Well, when they're not missing Damon Ant, um, and they should be fine. But as far as the minute structure, Keon's the one that's going to get squeezed here with GP 2s return. Uh, Nas is showing a ton. Keon while is showing a ton. They've got so much in front of him with Damon Ant that it's going to be hard for him just to find those minutes. Uh, but when he gets out there, he's, he's a guy that I at least trust to make the right decisions and, play defense accordingly. Uh, everybody keeps asking in the chat, so I'll just say it now as far as injuries are concerned. Uh, I would say that there's a good chance of Dame playing in Miami. Oh. It's, not, it's not a for certain thing. It's a good thing to hear. It's, they're, they're looking at it, at least. Uh, yeah. I would imagine that he's going to go through everything, and if he feels any kind of twinge in his calf, it is a, <laughs> nope, next game. But if he goes yeah. through warm-ups and he's good, then, listen, if you're going to do it somewhere, Playing in the the warmth of Miami, good place to do it. Just kind of. Well, I would say too. I want to go to the Keon note. Like he might get squeezed in minutes, but I think it's important as long as he's getting these minutes now, and he's being this productive. I said this on the live show yesterday, and I'll I'll just repeat it here for mm-hmm. the people that are on the live shows or the the live the watch, watch parties. parties. Yeah. Um, Joe and the Blazers are are kind of they're sitting in a good spot right now where there's there's quite a few players that I think you'd point to and you'd say, decent asset. And I, I hate kind of talking in those terms because we're we're nine games into the year, and I know we got a lot of trade questions here, but, like, Keon's going to get squeezed, but he's playing really well in the minutes he's given. That's yeah, going to entice it, some teams greatly, like, come when negotiating time, and, hey, we'll give you this guy. Oh, yeah, he was really good when he got to play. He's young enough. He's, he's only got a couple. He's twenty years old. He's got like a forty-four inch vertical leap. Like he's showing some ball handling stuff, some shooting stuff. Like defensively on ball. Like he's yes. If, if I had to, and it, we're we're still so far away from this, but if yeah. I'm looking at the situation and where things stand right now, Josh Hart is your most tradable asset. Keon Johnson is your second most tradable asset. Of realistic guys, you're willing to deal. Yes. Yeah. And I would put the list of outside of Damian Lillard, Ant, Shaden, Grant. That's the list of un, untradables or untouchables. Yeah. Anything else is is could go. God, my nose is driving me freaking crazy. Uh, but um, and again, I, I don't want to get rid of the kid. I think no, he's, he's no, showing himself. But if, you're like, yeah. but if you're looking at like a value pecking order, kind of where they sit, that's kind of how I think things. But are if there's a big right man now. in, 
if there's a big man in Indiana. Yeah, and, 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 and a tanking at, team is looking to a, get off of a contract. Yeah, and they're looking for young assets and like, hey, what are guys we can put around? You know, Halliburton and Duarte, and you know, if that presents itself, this is where it comes in handy. Is is these minutes he's getting right now? It's weird going from having almost no assets to having viable assets up and down the roster. Crazy how that worked. <laughs> da, 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 da. Um, yeah, I, I think they're 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 in a good place as, as that stuff's considered uh little side note just talking to folks around the blazers don't be surprised if some of the guys like when we when the blazers get healthier that you see some guys at the back end of the roster going down to g league teams well i mean that i think that's great i wish our g yeah. league team was local well they are they are also they're a ways away from that they are working on that that is oh, something yeah yeah i would expect in the next two years that that happens it just takes a while to. I think well, certain things will happen, and then we'll get a G League team. Yes, personally. yes, yeah. very much so. But even even before that, if it if that doesn't transpire, I know Joe wants it. He's he said as much in our radio show. Yeah. I know he's t- probably talked to you about it as well. Like it's evident every team needs one. They don't one without one. Like I, no, I'm Phoenix not doesn't have one too. They sold theirs off, so the, it's Portland and Phoenix. Okay, so it's Portland Phoenix, but yeah, I think but, expecting guys to go down and develop is fine. Joe is different than Neil in the sense of he would like to see guys get burned. Like John yes. Butler, go get burned. Jabari Walker, go get burned. Yeah. Uh, Greg Brown, go get burned. Like if they're going to go on a long trip where they're healthy and they don't need anybody. Yeah. Go send those guys down for a week. Like that's a, it's, it's not a, a bad thing for them to go do that. Do that. Like that's just kind of how that all end up working. Yeah. Um, this from NAS at, at, at NAS94. At what time do we go, oh, shit, this team is better than we thought? And at that point, do we, can we go all in? What do you think? Um, all in's an interesting term. I don't know if this team is structured to go, like, quote-unquote, all in. I it, A lot of variables would have to change. When are we ready to say this team's better than we thought? Uh, I, I want to give it, like, 15 games. Like I want to get a little more than where we're at. Like I, I will basically the back end of the road trip. You yeah, can start to kind of let go. Start. I mean, because we're getting close. Like I mean, I'd be honest with you guys. I I watched ten minutes of a Christmas movie today. We're getting closer and closer to December when everybody classifies the NBA is starting. And so I let them get through the road trip. Let's see how this goes. You know that game in Phoenix without Ant and Dame is incredible. They are playing better than I expected. I mean, somebody noted that I went on richmond's pod before the year and was like they're gonna lose 10 of their first 14 games i looked at the schedule and i i thought the same thing they're playing better than i thought but for me to like seriously keep buying it i expect them to hit their over of 39 and a half to 40 i mean i I put money on it like so did i can they be can they be better than that though like even better than what i clearly yeah i i need to get to i need to get to the end kind of here for me to buy that so I'm going to pull this up real quick, which always, again, plays well on live shows. Uh, you started talking about how the Blazers are doing um, defensively, Damon Ant being a thing. And you kind of take this stuff always with a grain of salt, and there's always things that compound this, but it's an interesting point. It's I delayed the, the defense video because we had uh, Lamar on, uh, and also a guest update. We have uh, Corey Jesus coming on Tuesday. The Jezzer. The Jezzer. So Tuesday at four, we will have Corey. Um, and then, uh, but back to the defense side of thing. 
defensively, the Blazers are being put in pick and rolls 12% of the time, which is a little bit lower than the in past. They're, they're not being hunted. Uh, they are currently in the 83rd percentile or otherwise known as the fifth best defense in handling pick and roll on the ball handler. You can see the aggression on them too. Mm-hmm. Like the way they're playing the pick now, you're just seeing guys fight so much more than you had. Not just that, they had their Dame being is the big one, obviously. When he was healthy, that was something that they that they did, and that was um he has said as much. Like I'm giving more. Right. He also has to give less offensively. The addition of Jeremy Grant, use of Nurkic, Anthony Simons, the workload is is borne out. Also, the Blazers, if you look at their their the tracking data are 10th overall defensively against the roll man. Mm. So fifth in pick and roll ball handler, 10th in roll man. Yeah. Top 10 in both. So if you want to know where the Blazers are getting good, where things have changed, that's it right there. Mm -hmm. Will that hold? Because in their first nine games, did they play a, how much real heavy pick and roll did they play against? Well, the Suns three times, so that's quite a bit. Denver. Even they don't run a but ton. Den- but Denver didn't run, I, uh, I guess. Oh, God. Uh, right there. <laughs> yeah, no, I I took a painkiller because of my freaking hip, and it's making my nose just itch like there's no tomorrow, and I, I can't guess, I'd have to – I didn't track – I guess I didn't track it, but I'd have to see, like, Sacramento. Were they doing it decently? Yeah, Sac- no, Sacramento's one. The Lakers yeah. don't. Yeah. But it's a there's a it's a little bit of a grab bag of teams that like spam pick and rolls and then teams mm-hmm. that really don't. Right. So how much of this is something that you really can take a lot from? And I think there's a fair amount that you can take a lot or a, a, a fair enough from. Um, if you look at kind of like what's been hurting them, it's their transition defense. Mm-hmm. They struggle in transition on defense, uh, and they struggle on back cuts. And I think those are two of the biggest things there are communication. And it's just something that's not been prevalent. Yeah. So I want to see what this looks like at the back end of this road trip when guys start getting healthy. That's the other thing is we, we need to see guys healthy. Um, not having 52 points on the floor is something that's problematic, not only for your offense, but your defense, because it's a lot easier to play defense when they're pulling the ball out of the rim every time. Well, I, th- I think the other part of this too is like just defensively, right? Um, you know, Phoenix. Uh, I'll kind of put Denver in this category. Like those are two teams that I we very well could see them get better. And I think that's what we need to remind ourselves here is how many of these teams are going to be different teams than when we played them, right? Certainly. So, like Miami, who. Beat you pretty soundly in that last game. And they just keep going up and down, man. It's hard I, I to get a read on that team. I can't gauge what Miami is right now. But, you know, LeBron and D-Wade started 9-8 and eight when they first came together. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's 17 games. It's almost double what you've already played. Yeah. And we didn't know where that team was at that point. So, I, I think it's hard for me to gauge defensive stuff. I, I, I mean, I think you can acknowledge what the numbers say. And you can also just say with your own eyes, like they they're just better, like a group that gives a damn and they're yeah. better. But I think some of their opponents are going to get better too. Just some of this, like Denver, for example, you beat Denver. It's a good win. Jamal Murray's not been himself at all. Like he is slow building to getting back to who he was. 
And so I just, I, I think some of these numbers are fine. They're good. The effort's there, but where are they going to be at and how much you trust it? I, I mean, that's something I'm going to, I'm going to need significantly more games than what they've played so far. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah. And again, I, I I think we're starting to see the line of, okay, they're better here. They're better here. They're better here in spurts, but they're still a work in progress. The fact that they're able to be where they are right now, uh, his various zone defenses and how he kind of uses those as base sets and Spo goes, ah, ah, ah. no, I don't rely on those. I don't go to those. Pat would kill me. If I said I leaned on those, and he said it with a kind of a smile, <laughs> because Pat Riley wants to be like, I want to stay man to man and play man in front of man. And there's there's right. there's some truth to that. That's that's heat culture. That's a hundred. I mean, this is a team that it, that puts your body in a freaking BMI tank and mm-hmm. makes sure your body fat's low enough uh, to to play for them. Like, and it happens throughout the season. Like they think they're a little militaristic, which again, great, fine. But there's there's a process of understanding where where teams are and how they view the mental toughness of zone. Chauncey doesn't give a shit. No, Chauncey will do whatever the hell it takes to yes. win a game. I mean, and come and on. Chauncey saw this last year. He, he talked about it a bunch of times. I got a bunch of kids, and they just weren't ready for an NBA defense. So how can I simplify this? Well, let's run some zone. He saw some effectiveness from it and goes, let's go ahead and go with that. Now, the Blazers have run 2-3. They've run 3-2. They've run 2-1-2. Uh, they've gone to a quasi box and one for a couple possessions, but it actually just ended up being kind of a um, matchup zone with a focus on a singular player. It was kind of a amorphous blob. Uh, the Blazers are one of the leading teams in the NBA right now. Uh, they're in the 80th percentile, which means fourth in the NBA in running press. Uh, and they're the 88th percentile in running zone, which means they're second. Only the Heat run more zone. Here are the four teams running the most zone right now. The Miami Heat, the Portland Trailblazers, Los Angeles Clippers, and Golden State Warriors. What do you think of when you think of those four teams? I mean, great shooting. Well, not a jet, but good defense. Well, yeah, I mean, traditionally. Yes, but, but, not Portland, but Miami, L.A., Golden yeah. State. Yeah. They're molding themselves kind of – now. In this group, Portland allows the most points per possession. They're not effective, necessarily effective in it, but in fact, they're the 20th, 25th percentile. Teams are killing them from three on it at times. 
but it's not about. I got to be honest with you. I misheard what you said. So the fact that oh, I the... just went to shooting there. Oh, no, no, no. The zone. I was yeah. like, wait, wait, what? what? <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's their zone and their press. They're, they're not so much doing it to rely on it. They're doing it to give a different look so that when they come down the floor, they don't know what to expect. And when they go back into something else, it's been productive. Um, the the joke, you know, when Chauncey and I went back and forth when, when I was talking about numbers in pregame, uh, when he's like, I got to go back to school to figure out what you're saying. The thing I was talking about was uh, after timeouts, the Blazers have one of the best defenses in the league. So when they're able to set their defense and communicate what they want to do and how they want to do it, they're very good. They're very good. They're in the 90th percentile. They're holding opponents to 0.781 points per possession. Now, the argument can be made that, you know, when any team gets to set their defense, that they're good. Well, right now, the Cavs are number one, the Nuggets number two, the Blazers number three. And there is a pretty substantial difference right now. The Cavs at number one at 0.664 and the Chicago Bulls at 0.112. You're talking about almost double the production and the percentage of time is basically the same. It's 14.5-15% because timeouts are basically the same every single game for the most part. So this is one of those things you can kind of look at, well, is this a shooting luck situation or is this the Blazers are just kind of a good defense and when they're able to know exactly what they want to do, that they can be more effective in it. That's one of those things that I've kind of the trend I'm watching. But as far as like the, the various sets the Blazers use, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. There's no, there's no reason not to do it because now... They have the the idea of the athletes that they want to play with. So, well, they're they're not being stubborn anymore defensively. Um, but I, I think when you rattle off who they are, like where they are with with those teams, I mean, every time you're naming a team, you're talking about a team defensively, right? Mm-hmm. Like you talk about. Um, what they are out of the timeout and you throw Chicago in there. Like what comes to your mind when you think Chicago, you think feisty kind of attack defensive team. That's, you know, predicated on getting key stops. When you throw LA golden state, like when you're throwing them out, the fact that you're throwing them out with those teams, I I think just by that self is encouraging. Does it last? I mean, I don't know. I I, I don't track out of the timeout points per possession and, and how that kind of fluctuates through a season for different teams. But I would say nine games in, you're off to a hell of a start if you're with some of these other teams. Exactly. And speaking of hell of a start, little Ucho at little underscore Ucho S. Is Nurk's play sustainable? Where do you fall on that? Uh, is Nurk's play sustainable? Mm-hmm. No. What, what, what about it? I mean, like, it's just, it's great, but I've seen it be great, and then I see it go away. I, I just think some of it is... I think some of it is, you know, opportunities presenting itself, and I'll give the big man a lot of credit for that. I, I don't want this to sound like I don't like him or that there's no chance. I, I could be wrong on this. I've been wrong about a lot so far. We're nine games into the season, but he's, what season is this for him here? Six? Is this... Eight? Oh, in Portland? Six. Yeah. Six, six or seven? 16, 17 is when he got traded, so seven? Yeah. Seven. Is your seven? Yeah. I mean, we have – seven years of data to point to to answer this question and if it if it's different then cool but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna react to a few games and say it's this is longevity this is what it's going to be nurk has been kind of what nurk has been historically he's shooting 54 percent of the rim which makes him in the 13th percentile for bigs 
He's just been poor around the rim. Um, he's been he's making threes. He's the threes have over the last couple making games have threes. obviously been tremendous. Yeah. Uh, rebounding wise, he's been very good. He's not a shot blocker. He's got good hands as far as generating steals. Uh, he's had some moments, I mean moments, quarters where he's looked incredibly good. Um, game two against Phoenix, well, game one of this road trip. Um, they they were able to kind of get him going and make mm-hmm. him kind of a featured part of it uh, later in the game after a piss poor start. And he's had these, these quarters, these moments and this ability to be effective for longer stretches, even if he starts poor, he hasn't let go of the rope. That's kind of the, the theme of this, the season I think is that, Across the team, even if somebody starts bad here or poorly there or struggles there, they can continually be effective and go back to it over and over again. Yeah. That's all you got on Nurk? <laughs> I, I mean, I just I, – I said what I said. I, I just – I just don't – I don't know, man. Like, what are we expecting here? His numbers aren't all that different. I, I do like that he's making threes. What has he made? Three, four in a row now. I like that, but I'm not I, – I just – I there's a lot of things that we're asked, and I get it, but, like, we're nine games into the season. I This fan base is great for a lot of reasons, and one of them is, like, we love when we're – there's part of me, like I was thinking about this when they beat Denver. Actually, when they beat Phoenix too. There is this weird part of me that I know everybody would yell at me to to admit. But like there's a part of me that feels like Blazer fan almost would rather just have a team that nobody believes in be secretly good. Mm-hmm. Sneaky good and be fun to watch than actually be ch- title winners. I just feel like that's so Portland. Like we love having a team of guys that nobody gives a shot, including people living in the actual city. And then they come out and they're really good and they're exciting to watch. And I think some of these, some of the questions are very fair, but like you asked me, am I buying this Nurk stuff long-term? Like I have six years of data suggesting that Nurk is just going to do this and then he's going to come down and then he's going to go back up and then he's going to come down and he's going to come up and he's going to come down. He's going to miss 16 games. Like I just, I can't go against the proven data because of four games. I will give you this one. I feel like this is kind of chumming the water for you. This is from uh, at the Nason. Is Sharp on the untouchable trade list yet for Croden? Because not going to lie, I'm starting to get old uh, Olshay CJS attachment to Sharp. And if I feel that way, you've got to think the guy who pulled the trigger on him is even happier with the result this thus far. I okay. So there's a lot to unpack there. I want to go back to the whole. There's Neil untouchable vibe based on what? Like they've already turned down a trade. Hmm. Because he's playing, like maybe maybe he is untouchable. I I haven't asked Joe Cronin that. We're nine games into the season. Like Joe told us on the podcast, I need a month. I need to go a month. He, he really like, said I'd like to have two before I really know. He did, and so it's just like some of this stuff, man. Like we're already talking about who's untouchable, who's not untouchable. I, I tend to believe that he's not being traded, if that's what the question is, yeah. but. Is he be is he so loyal that he'll never consider it? I I don't know, man. Has he been offered the big one that that everybody's thrown out there is like Zach Lowe threw it out there. Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant going to ask for a trade? He's miserable in Brooklyn. Brooklyn mm-hmm. sucks. It's an awful situation right now, and people are already asking themselves, would I trade Shade and Sharp? And I just I'm like, we can 
talk about that, I guess, but like, it's not, it's just not realistic. Not right now. No. I mean, if, if things would have to get pretty ridiculous to reach that level. Um, do I believe Shaden Sharp is untouchable? I lean towards what you're saying, but I also, I think right now he definitely. Who's uh, he being offered for? Like, are we, are we try, no, no, I'm talking, so, no, like, talk, of course. Well, no, again, I'm, I'm saying in general, I look at him. This is kind of how I, I view things right now, as far as the roster is concerned. Ant and Shaden are the next generation. And it would take an earth shattering deal for the Blazers to move either one of them. So I think long term, those are your guys going forward. So in, talk, in that sense, yeah. he's untouchable. If you're talking about trading Jeremy Grant tier level players, then yeah, he's untouchable. But if we're talking about a top five big, player in the NBA, big big dogs who are <laughs> unhappy and like they they're in it now and they're proven, like I I would assume Neil or, or excuse me Neil Joe would take a look at that and absolutely consider it if not pull the trigger in that situation Explore but it, certainly <laughs> we're just we're nine games in i just i i want context and want it to be said we are nine games in and we're already asking as a city is he untouchable though like i don't know but he's fun to watch it's fun how we've gone from this summer to now it's just unbelievable uh, we're nine games in and some of these questions are like so would you trade shade and ant tomorrow and i'm just like i I don't think anybody's getting traded yet, but okay. Not yet, no. No. Um, speaking of uh, not getting traded, I don't know why I went there. Uh, PDX James at James Huntley 27. In the offseason, I believe Trendon was thought to be our backup five. Is that now Drew's job to lose? Uh, related question, any timetable on SARS return? Um, Eubanks played really poorly in the preseason to the point of he lost his backup job. They SAR was going to be the backup five. Yeah. And then Olivier broke his wrist. And now he's got a hard cast on. And unfortunately for him, he's on the back burner trying to figure it out. Meanwhile, Drew has put it together and been incredibly effective when he's out there to the point of picking up Damian Lee and throwing him like a rag doll. Um, <laughs> of which Damian Lee flopped incredibly, but I, I digress. Uh, I think Drew has been everything you want him to be. Dunk. He, Drew takes one of three shots. A dunk, a hook shot, or a 12-foot mid-range shot. And he's very good at all three of those shots. That baseline shot we watched live on the watch party yeah. was like, oh. As soon as he stepped into it, what do I say? I go, that's in his bag. That's in. That's in. Yeah. That's in his bag. Yeah, no, that's 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 like that shot and in. Don't ask him to take a sh don't ask him to take a shot one step further. Do not ask him to do it. But the three things he does well on offense, he does incredibly well. Yeah. And then you no, get – oh, no, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, this is a great question. This is yeah. a question I love. Yes, I think Drew's earned it. I mean, yes. look, Trendon got some minutes. He's getting looks. But it's already different than what I thought, right? Like, Joe came and told me a month into the gig, like, yo, Drew's kind of our third. And look at Trendon and look at Justice. To I, I think they've already pivoted and, and adjusted because Drew – the only thing holding Drew back, man, is Drew is two inches too short. If he was tall, if he was just a little taller, and that's out of his control, we'd be talking about having a legit backup big, a, a good, a good enough big to to hold down the fort. But I think he's done it anyway. So, in my opinion, I I would assume he's earned that right at this point. And 
Maybe that'll change in three weeks, but I think right now, definitely Drew's taking the backup big spot. Yeah, it'll be interesting to kind of see how this shakes out. Chauncey has done, and give, give credit to Chauncey here for a second, uh, a really good job of getting guys into spots to take advantage of certain situations or not only for the Blazers, but to kind of get guys a, a few extra minutes here or there and some rotation minutes and kind of experiment with some stuff while also like winning games. That's something I don't think you should take too gently. I think they've done a very, very good job of that uh, as far as figuring that out. Uh, Josh Bullocks is at, at Jab Aspie says, what are your expectations the rest of this road trip and how many wins for it to be successful? Give me Where a second go? here. Give me, I, I just closed their schedule now. Give me one second. Hold on. Okay. So you got Miami tomorrow. Uh-huh. You've already split with Phoenix uh-huh. at Charlotte at New Orleans at Dallas. I think they're going to win two more on the road. It's my more? expectation. Yeah. So three I, and three. I, I think they go three and three. So Charlotte, and by Houston. The way, um, well, no, Houston. I'm sorry. Uh, Charlotte and uh, I said, I think it's Dallas. Dallas. Okay. And now Luca. Oh, why, why did I say that? Houston. No, you well, you, I got the schedule right in front of me. You said that, and I'm like, oh my god, maybe I have the wrong schedule right now. Some I scared the crap out of me. I, Miami's just always kind of been a tough matchup for them. I'm I'm really curious. I'm glad you said it though. If Dame comes back, this can maybe change things for them a little bit here. Miami's an up and down team. We'll see what they do. I think you beat Charlotte. New Orleans is a really tough matchup. I just I, and the way that they're kind of. I know they didn't win their last game, but like hell's the problem for them right now. They're a more encouraged group, I think, this year, the vibes wise. And then at Dallas, like Luca is Luca, but you can get Dallas. I I just without knowing the health status of Dame and and Ant for sure, I'll say they get two more on the roadie. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, I think that's a good spot. Again, I said when when they left, two and four was good. Yeah, like considering the schedule and the injuries and the Ant's injury, you steal the one in Phoenix already. Yeah. Wash your hands and get out of it. Yeah, I mean, you said, I want to give you, I just cited here, though, like you said, you go two and four, you're happy with that, I think. Yeah. And now you're at a spot where you're kind of like, hey, I think you guys should go three and three. Like, break 500 on the road, you're feeling great about that. Uh, For folks that are uh, watching right now, I don't know what's going on. The stream's uh, stable for me, and everything on my side is showing that everything's good. It must be a YouTube issue. Sorry for that, guys. I don't, I don't know what's happening. So YouTube must be acting up for some reason. Um, I guess with that, we'll. Uh, oh take... shoot, that sucks. Yeah, apparently it's putting guys into ads. Um, oh no, it shouldn't be doing that live like that. So, um, and I'm not sure. Maybe it's because it's everybody keeps saying it's political ads, and I'm like, oh no, that's a particular oh, kind of hell. Yeah. I, I don't know if YouTube's maybe forcing them in because it's political season and it's what Tuesday election. So Tuesday's here, yeah. and then we don't have to deal with it anymore. Yeah, hopefully that's the, that's the case. Um, this we'll finish with this one. This is from Trevor at Steamer Trevor. What micro skills should you keep an eye on to track the younger players' development this year? Mm. There's so many different things, depending on which player you're looking at. And again, this is where I want to give Chauncey a little bit of credit and where he's experimented and giving guys opportunities. Well, injuries has kind of forced him, but I saw Jabari Walker out there the other night against the Suns in a game that mattered in the fourth quarter on the back line, directing traffic defensively, pointing, 
communicating, getting guys where they needed to be. You don't see that from rookies ever, mm-hmm. ever. Jabari just kind of showed his smarts. Um, that's something I'm looking for as far as like, okay, if he's doing that, he's actively communicating. And Chauncey has said so much. He wants to communicate over and over and over to his guys to communicate. They're not talking enough, particularly on the defensive end. So if Jabari can be that guy in practice and it's a thing that transitions to the other guys, that's a micro skill that I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a guy like Keon, where does he get defensively? Something like, how is he navigating screens off ball? How is he tracking offensive players? Is he reading back cuts? Uh, is he reading the correct over under is the scouting report? Like those are things that I really look at for Shaden. I think I want to open that up a little bit more. Something happened in the, the, the last Suns game. Um, and I got super excited about it and people were freaking out. Like I were trying to figure out why I was so excited. Shaden sharp ran pick and rolls on both sides of the floor. Mm-hmm. Both, both resulted in missed shots, but the fact that they were doing it, was one of those things where I was like, yes, yes, that is what I want to see. Experiment, let him see. Let's get the measuring stick of where he is. Because the the micro skill of navigating that, figuring it out, kind of understanding where it goes, that's to me is is kind of where I wanna I wanna see where that ends up. I, I don't have the one on Jabari, but I think that's a fair point. I just also don't know what his minutes are gonna be going forward. Maybe yeah. that's where the G League stuff will kind of play a big factor for him. Keon, I think you nailed it right on. I want to see more special things defensively. Like, how? what does he learn in the minutes that he gets while he gets them? What's he learning on that side of the ball? Because he's so hyper-athletic, man. He's such a sneaky good athlete that, mm-hmm. like, I think he just presents a problem for other teams that they're they're really not ready for. And then Shaden, it's, it's not just necessarily the pick and roll, though that's a good one. Uh, mine is as simple as you have the green light. Mm-hmm. Brother, you, you've got the minutes in the green light. If anybody's allowed to make mistakes and still get the burn, it's going to be him. He's had some plays where he's put the ball on the ground and he's just not hesitating. He's taking it. Yeah. I, I, I want to keep seeing that grow and grow and grow. I think Dame is all in on it. I think Ant's all in on mm-hmm. it. Chauncey's all in on it. Like I want to see him just keep being more aggressive offensively. If that means dial up more picks for him, cool. Let's see him in the pick and roll. If that just means getting the ball in the wing and letting him kind of operate a little bit. And, you know, he's had some spots where he's gone up and he's been blocked. And he's also had some sneaky good spots where he's used the athleticism while I shooting mean, his body off the defender. That block I want to see more aggressiveness. Night. Oh, it was unbelievable. I mean, he looked like a seven-footer. Absolutely. He got to a height that you see yep. big-time shot blockers. I mean, stand still, off two, shut up in the air, blocking a jump shot. Yeah. You don't. You don't see that stuff from a six four and a half guard, man. I mean, like, every it, it it it's almost every night, Danny. He shows us something where we go, oh man, <laughs> like this, oh, no, this he's, is this he's is good for he's good for your admission every night. Yeah, he will give you one, even if it's the shot or dunk he doesn't make. Uh, was it against the? It was against the Lakers. Yeah, Ant They'll had that one that on he that he had that he threw down that hit the back of the rim, and then a few minutes later, Shaden had that putback that went off the side, and he's like. Oh my God! Are you kidding me? Like it's just maybe tremendous. the best. 
maybe the best line your friend of me, Eddie Johnson, said on any of the broadcasts in two games. Maybe the best thing he said was when they talked about Shaden. He said he's got the demeanor of a very good player, and I think that I think that of all the things Eddie Johnson said, that was probably the best thing that he said. Because some guys they just have that look and that feel, and he had an awful game against Memphis bounced back right away and the next game was effective. Like that's just the sign of a kid who doesn't lack confidence yeah. and just knows that some nights he might have it and some nights he might not. And that's okay. Um, yeah. We're going to wrap it up here because I guess YouTube is really spamming the political ads and I don't want to, that to be kind of what this ends no. up being and being disruptive for everybody. So again, thank you all for being here. Uh, we will have the watch party tomorrow against Miami. Uh, and then uh, Tuesday we've got the Jezzer on at four o'clock so i'm gonna haul ass home from the studio but we'll get going right away with Corey. uh so if you've got questions for him i'll probably put something up on monday or tuesday monday evening or tuesday afternoon um early or early afternoon uh if you kind of want to posit some analytics based questions and kind of uh, how they go about things because uh, he has he has a pretty extensive background he was the director of analytics for the utah jazz as well so uh and he does do stuff for other sports uh, I think Major League Baseball and I know he has the Austin soccer. FC soccer team. Yeah, so he's he, still in Austin. Yes, he's still in Austin. Yeah. So when he does all the stuff for this for the show or for the broadcast, he's doing it via Zoom. Also does so. golf. Golf was the other one. Yes, thank he you. He does PGA. He's a two handicap. Yeah. yeah, I guess he's a good stick. lord. He's like I'm a one or a two, but you know I play for the tips. It's like, geez, man. Okay. I'm going to need you to not downplay that anymore. And also yeah, I need no you to kidding. say you're like a 19 and the next time you're in town, we're going to go play a tournament and we're going to crush. And you're going to, you're still going to give me strokes. Knowing yes. You're saying a 19. Yes. hundred percent. Um, but we'll get out of here on that again. Uh, sorry for the interruptions guys. I, that that's a YouTube thing. Everything on my end has been like, I get a reading. It tells me when stuff's dropping. So, unfortunately, YouTube is spamming the political ads. Uh, but do me a favor. Uh, do us a favor. Spam the likes, the rates, the reviews, and subscribes. Uh, help us grow the show. You can email the show, jackdramsies at gmail.com. You can find us on social media, at Danny Brink, at Brandon Sprague, at Jack Dramsies. You can find Brandon every morning, 6 to 9, with his co-host, Dirt Johnson, uh, on Teddy the Fan, as well as uh, me at noon to 3 with my co-host, Dusty Hera. We will have a... Uh, a weekend full of uh, sportsism to talk about on Monday. Uh, no, no shortage of content going into tomorrow's shows. Uh, again, we will be live for the watch party. Uh, pay attention to uh, Twitter and the community uh, site here on YouTube when I post the link, and we will catch you guys all then. Uh, take care. Have a wonderful night. We'll talk soon. Bye. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. 
Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com 